and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and today we are talking about friends. More specifically, cooking with friends, which is the title of this episode. Ah, but first... How is everyone? I just want to check in. I didn't record last week, so it's nice to be, uh, you know, back in the saddle. That sounds weird, but um, I'm excited to be back recording this episode. It's a good one. I think I've mentioned this one before. Uh, I have I've at least talked about a couple Eli Zabar episodes. I feel like he has at least two, maybe more that he's been on, but um, I feel like Ina and Eli go back go way back. So it's nice to see. I think this is my first episode with him, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I had a lovely two weeks in New Hampshire, uh, visiting Keon, his family, and his two adorable nephews. Uh, We actually drove to New Hampshire, which may sound like agony for most people, (laughs) but I actually love a road trip. Um, We split it up. There was no way we were going to do like 10 plus hours in a car. Um, So what we usually do is we leave after work on Friday night and then we drive, I don't know, like four-ish hours and then spend the night at a hotel and then we drive the rest the next day. It's not bad. I mean, if you don't like car rides, it's probably going to be terrible. But I, I guess it just like harkens back to when I was younger. My family never, ever, ever flew anywhere like I I feel like the furthest we ever went was like Disney World in Florida um but other than that um we drove I mean even then we drove so like I I didn't actually get on a plane until I was like oh like 24 this is all to say that I love a road trip I love just like piling in a car putting on some good music or a podcast. Um, if you have good company, like, yes, that that's what actually makes the road trip great. If you're just like, driving alone can go either way, I guess. It depends on how long you're driving. But anyway, I love a road trip. That's, uh, that's all I got to say. Um, I don't have anything else to report. I was scrolling through Ina's Instagram before I started to record, and she, she posted a picture about like Memorial Day is almost here and she was like it's the last couple days before like everyone just probably you know I can only imagine East Hampton during Memorial Day I'm sure it's crazy um so she's enjoying those last couple days before summer the summer season really hits and then she posted this like beautiful tablescape it's like these I think they're like these I'm gonna look at it as I talk about it here oh yeah it's awesome she said, can we really have dinner parties again? Yay! And then there are these, like, I guess they're just, like, these lavender napkins that are just beautiful. And I think the this the, the uh, flowers of the floral escape... <laughs> floral escape. <laughs> I was trying to say tablescape and flower arrangement, and it came out floral escape. Anyway, um, but they're made out of chives, and she wrote hashtag chive blossoms. Who knows? It's very pretty, and it matches the napkins uh, just perfectly. So that's my news for Ina for the week. Okay, well, let's start this episode. This is Back to Basics, Season 6, Episode 3, Cooking with Friends. So Ina begins. 
I'm the Barefoot Contessa, and this is all about cooking with friends. I love when a casual breakfast turns into a spectacular dinner, with teamwork, of course. It all began over a breakfast of triberry pancakes with my friends Eli Zabar and David Ziff. Breakfast became so much fun that we decided to do it again for dinner, but this time, each person would make a course. David decided to make the appetizer, amazing fried baby artichokes with an herb yogurt dip. Eli loves to grill, so he took the main course, fabulous steaks with grilled eggplants. And of course, he had to grill his own Eli's bread. And I took the dessert, an incredible Italian plum tart. I'm turning back the clock. Who knew a casual breakfast can turn into such a fun day? That was a long intro. She talked quite a bit there. I think I want to get... (laughs) It all began over a breakfast of triberry pancakes, just like on a tote bag. Because, I mean, if that's not an intro for a good story, I don't know what is. Um, Triberry pancakes, which actually is the first thing that we're going to talk about. So, great segue, me. <laughs> so, she is making... Well, first of all, she talks about um, Eli Zabar, who, of course, has his bread business, the fabulous specialty food store in New York, um, and possibly elsewhere. I actually never really looked into... I'm assuming he's probably a chain, I would imagine? Question mark? Anyway, he's amazing. Um, and David Ziff, who is an amazing caterer, and we'll talk more about David a little bit later when we get to his segment. Um, so Ina's making these triberry pancakes, and of course she tells us how she hates to make individual pancakes, so she's gonna show us how to make them in the oven. I feel like it's like pretty standard knowledge that if you're if you're an Ina fan or a Barefoot Contessa fan. We all know of the ill-fated pancake breakfast disaster where Ina decided to make individual pancakes for everyone, but she ended up being in the kitchen the whole time. I feel like I need to find that episode where she talks about it because I feel like I feel like she's brought it up quite a few times so much that I remembered it or maybe it's just because I've seen so many episodes, but agreed. I feel like that really isn't a wise decision for brunch. However, Keon and I had, I think we actually sold it on like Facebook Marketplace. It's just like, I don't even know. It's just like white people bullshit. There was, it was like a, a pancake warmer. So you would make the pancake and put it in this sort of like ceramic. It almost looks like if anyone has ever made like steamed dumplings, it's not made out of, out of like, uh, like that wicker or sort of wood, but it's the same size. It almost looks like the size of a cake, but it has like holes in the bottom and holes in the top so they can sort of, I guess, stay warm, but also that air can escape from them. I don't know. I feel like it would be a soggy mess. I I don't mind it. Like, I feel it's almost like manning the grill. Like, if you're going to commit to grilling, you can commit to making pancakes. But I think, I think with Ina specifically, uh, specifically too, that she, she just doesn't like to be away from her guests. I mean, I don't blame her. Um, But sometimes uh, cooking, And like manning the grill or manning the stove or whatever happens to be can be a nice little escape from the party, especially just kind of knowing that you're, you know, making everyone's food and everyone's like happy and hopefully has a cocktail. Um, Anyway, moving on from that, um, this is standard pancake ingredients. I'm not going to list them all, you know, the eggs, the milk, the flour, although I will say um, she put a teaspoon of orange zest in there. And I think that really takes it to the next level I kind of I want to try that I love a good I love pancakes first of all I I love a good like blueberry lemon ricotta pancake if that's on the menu 
I'm getting it. But I do like I I love breakfast where I can get like a smattering of everything. Like I feel most of the time when I'm ordering breakfast, like unless I'm really in the mood for like French toast or pancakes and that's all I want. I usually I feel like everywhere you go, it's called like the lumberjack breakfast. It comes it comes with like eggs, pancakes, toast, hash browns, if you're lucky. Those are like I need at least all of those. Um, and it's probably like 10,000 calories just in that one meal, but uh, it's so worth it. And I, and typically it comes with some sort of meat as well. Did I say meat? I don't know, but I, I've been into bacon a lot recently. Most of the time I would typically get sausage, but, um, yeah, I just started daydreaming about breakfast. I just love breakfast. I love making breakfast. I love eating breakfast. It truly is the best meal of the day. So um, but these are a little bit different, I would say. She describes them as, um, I guess, the way that she... I don't know if there's um, baking powder or baking soda within this. It doesn't seem like there is, but it's almost like a popover. She puts them in these sort of um, uh, gratin dishes that have already been preheating in the oven with two tablespoons... Oh, no, with one tablespoon, doesn't matter, of melted butter. So they're sort of like ready to go and almost preheated. I think that's a really cool tip. Um Maybe that's the makes them sort of puff over instead of just lie flat. Who knows? Um, she says, it's going to be just like a popover. It's delicious and dramatic, <laughs> which uh, sounds great. So she puts those in 425 for 12 to 14 minutes. And next we get to meet David and Eli, who are seated outside. These two could be a couple. I know they're not, but they look like just like a fabulous gay couple that live in East Hampton. Um... Eli says, this is like exactly what I would say, because Ina comes out, I think she says something like, I think it's about time I get those guys coffee out there. And then she, you know, pulls out this like sterling silver, like carafe, and she takes it out and starts pouring them coffee. And Eli says, "Ugh, to be here with you having breakfast, it's just fabulous. Um, They're both wearing, both Eli and David have, I think, almost the same glasses. They almost look like readers, but they're like red like the the not the lenses but the uh the frames are red and it just it's like everything I want to be when I grow up they're both they're both wearing like shorts with tennis shoes and but they also have like a long sleeve shirt and then like a puffy vest on top I'm like ugh, sign me up um so anyway Ina pours them coffee and she doesn't stick around though because she's got to get back to these uh triberry pancakes here so next, she's back in the kitchen to make her triberry mix, which is one cup strawberries, one cup raspberries, and one cup blueberries, and then a tablespoon of sugar. I thought she was actually going to, I don't know, like put this in a saucepan or something and put like some lemon juice in and like make a little bit of like a, uh, almost like a compote or, you know, just like mashing everything up and making it like a lovely sort of situation but she just basically set them on the counter and let them I think the word is macerate that's the word of the day um and that's kind of that so she takes the pancakes out of the oven they really did like pop over on the side They're, it's really cute it's almost like this perfect vehicle for uh the triberry mix so she plates them and she's like hmm there are four of these and three of us I wonder what's going to happen to the last one it's always great to have an extra I I mean, I will say it's good to have... It's not that I completely disagree with that, but I know that I'm going to be that asshole that wants the fourth uh, pancake because <laughs> if this was all that I was eating, like if there are no potatoes 
or, you know, I, I don't know what else you would stir, or eggs or bacon or anything like that. Like, I would definitely want that last one. And, but then I would have to, like, pretend that I don't want it because it's, like, the only one that's left. And then you can't really, like, the way that these are designed, you can't really, like, cut it in half. You'd have to, like, share it. I don't know. I'm always... I, f I feel like we need to normalize having seconds and like with every meal, especially birthday cake. I feel like I've had some really great birthday cakes in my life. And especially if I don't know the person, like if I'm, if I happen to just be like a guest at the party, sometimes I want a second piece and, but you can't, you just have one because the cake is for them. But I don't know. Do they need all the cake? But I guess if it was my birthday and I had a delicious cake and someone took another piece, I'd be like, I, I would remember that, I think. So it's uh, it's complicated. Um, this is all to say, what do we have going on here? Um, oh, so this is the, this is like the clumsy, awkward conversation. So Ina's like, hey, do you want to stay for dinner? And Eli and David, you know, bless their hearts. They're just like, you know, they play along. They're up up for the task. They both like kind of talk over each other. One of them's like, I love dinner. I could stay for dinner. But they're having breakfast. Like, I guess they probably have their own houses to go back to. I know Eli cooks from someone's house. I don't think it's Ina's. Um, but that's a long period of time uh, from breakfast to dinner. I guess maybe brunch to dinner. I'm surprised this wasn't like a lunch episode, but you can't really eat steak for lunch. I mean, I would. doesn't matter. Um, so Ina says... She kind of like waves her hands around. She's like, okay, okay, okay. I'm seeing like a Mediterranean thing happening. So how about how about each of us doing a course? And Eli, or she says, Eli, what do you want? Oh, wait, don't tell me. The grill. <laughs> and then everyone laughs. Um, and Eli concurs. He said, yes, I would love to make steak. And David says, um, maybe something with artichokes. And Eli chimes in and says, tis the season for artichokes, which I didn't know, uh, hot tip for anyone who's looking to, uh, you know, really hone in at peak season, peak artichoke season is the end of summer. So there we go. Um, Ina asks David if Alan is around, who I'm assuming is David's partner, but I don't want to assume maybe it's like his brother who knows what's happening, but, um, but it's nice that they have a fourth guest. He really doesn't say anything at the end, but we'll talk about that later. Um, so after all this chat, Ina looks directly at the camera and says, we have a plan. And then everyone just like laughs. And that's the end of that segment. It's like the commercial. Next, we have the plum tart. This looks so good. Um, so she makes it with Italian prune plums, which... I don't even know where you get those, but she does say if you want to use regular plums, just make sure they're not like super juicy. I often forget about plums. I always forget about pears. I forget about plums. What else do I forget about? Those are the two, I think. But um, anyway, so she uses these Italian prune plums. Maybe you can get them at like Whole Foods or something, but it sounds like some... I don't know, like that episode with Alec Baldwin, wherever whatever that place was called where he got like the veggies and... Uh, it seemed like it was mainly veggies, but I don't, I'm assuming they offered fruit as well too. Like some sort of like East Hampton membership required side of the road, bougie ass fruit stand. <laughs> um, so I don't know where she got them. Uh, but anyways, she cuts up the prunes, or not the prunes, <laughs> I was reading the word prune plums. She cuts up the plums 
and adds three tablespoons of tapioca, sort of like powder, which uh, thickens it. Um, two tablespoons of creme de cassis, which is a black currant liqueur, which also brings out the plummy flavor, she adds. And then three quarters of a cup of sugar. And then I think maybe this is where she said macerate. She just mixes it and lets it like chill for a bit while she makes the shortbread dough. I mean, this is great. Shortbread, plums, who could ask for more really? So she makes this shortbread dough with a stick of butter and a cup of sugar. And then in a separate bowl, she combines some flour, some cinnamon, and some baking powder. And then she sort of mixes that all together and adds just one tablespoon of water. And it comes like perfectly together in this sort of like crummy shortbread dough. Oh, God. I love shortbread. Like shortbread dough and sugar cookie dough. They're, I mean, chocolate chip cookie dough is great, but I love shortbread a lot anyway. So Ina assembles the tart. She puts almost all of the dough in the bottom, but saves some for the top to sort of crumble. Ugh, it's it's genius. So she arranges the plums. She says, it looks like a lotus flower. Um, and then she adds the rest of the juice from the bowl. It's just like this beautiful pattern of plums. And then she adds the rest of the shortbread dough and little like crumbles on top. Ugh, it's just divine. I and the finished product is just like it looks something like something you would buy out of like a French bakery or something. So I'm assuming I think she said something that you could use peaches as well too, but again, just be aware of the like the juice content, I guess. Um so after this Ina says, I wonder what Eli and David are up to. And then we get a a shot of David who is at the market. He picks up some baby artichokes, some sage, rosemary, and thyme, which is all for the yogurt dip that the artichokes will be uh, dipped in. And he also picks up some yogurt and garlic as well. Um, and at Eli's house, I'm assuming it's Eli's house, he is busy with the main course, or at least prepping for the main course. So he makes a drizzle, which is about a cup of sherry wine vinegar and a third of a cup of sugar. And basically he just instructs us if we are going if we're to make this at home to reduce it to a syrupy like consistency which is about like five minutes uh eli has some like beautiful blue eyes by the way they're like sparkling like a mykonos sky they're really just like magnetic um i i, I think it's like the lighting and like in this shot i don't know but i was uh i was hypnotized by him He's also making, like, in a separate, like, saute pan, it's like a garlic oil. I thought it was a garlic oil at first. That's what I wrote in my notes. But actually, it's like he's just, like, I don't say deep frying, but just crisping up, like, some garlic, which will come in handy later. It's obviously um, meant, like I said, he's prepping for what's to come, but I won't, I won't say anything else until we get to it. Um... Next, we have like this, just like this very brief segment where Ina, we see Ina's finished plum tart and it's picture perfect. It looks fabulous. Um, she assures us that it tastes just as good as it looks. And next, we are, I think Ina and David are in the kitchen. So Ina is cooking with David. Ina doesn't cook with, well, I guess she goes out to the grill later with, um, with Eli. But David says, so in order to prep these artichokes, the baby artichokes, he says to peel off 18 leaves, which I feel is so specific. And Ina, like, of course, brought it up. She's like, 18 leaves? That's so specific. Um, and it's mainly just to get to the sort of tender core of the artichoke. I'm assuming it's the heart, right? Like artichoke hearts, 
I think so. We'll go with that. Um, and once you get to that layer, you sort of quarter the hearts and then throw them into a small saucepan or saucepan, as some people would say. Um, and then he just kind of like douses, like almost like drowns them in olive oil. But I don't think they're completely submerged. Um, and then in, I think Ina said something about it, but he said that you can use the leftover oil for vinaigrette or something like that because he's about to put like some delicious things in that oil. He puts in a bunch of thyme. He also throws in a few cloves of garlic. Um, and he basically tells us to put the heat on high enough to bring it to a simmer. And then, or sorry, I think <laughs> these are like such dumb details that I'm talking about right now. <laughs> But you bring it to like almost a boil and then you turn the heat down to like reduce it and just simmer it for 15 minutes. Um, so while that is happening, in the meantime, they make a yogurt dip. Ina hands him the spatula and pulls her, <laughs> she pulls her classic, I feel like I'm a nurse, doctor, here's your scalpel. And then she just laughs and he laughs and, uh, you know, David's a good sport about all of it. Uh, they actually use the entire tub of Greek yogurt, which I feel like is a lot, but... Um, I'm sure there's uh you could use it for leftovers and just like dip whatever you want in there really um so he adds four or they're like sort of chopping up four teaspoons maybe that's i feel like it was tablespoons to be honest i don't know why i wrote teaspoons um either way four tablespoons teaspoons of uh thyme sage and rosemary to put into the yogurt and as they are chopping Ina pops the question what was the biggest event that he's ever catered and David says that it was when a chorus line became the longest running Broadway show in history. They closed. This is I had to like think about how he was saying this. He says they closed off Broadway. And I thought he meant off Broadway as in like, you know, there's Broadway and then there's off Broadway. But they closed off Broadway as in like they shut down the street and all the waiters that were working for the catering event were dressed up like chorus line people. That's how he said it, chorus line people. Um, and Ina was like, wow, how fabulous. Uh, and that's kind of what that was. But I thought that was kind of cool. Um, that sounds stressful to cater. I don't think I could ever like be responsible for a catering company. <laughs> like, I feel like there's so many things that could go wrong. I mean, eventually, I'm sure you get the hang of it, obviously. But that sounds like such a big event that I would probably not sleep the night before and just have like ulcers by the time I was 30. But anyway, some people are meant for it. And uh, that's that. <laughs> okay, so the artichokes are done. He takes the garlic and thyme out of the oil and then turns back the heat to high for two minutes to crisp them up. I feel like there's a there's a really thin window of time where you could really like burn these artichoke hearts um, but you know he's a pro uh, they add the herbs to the dip not the ones that he took out of the the oil the ones that they chopped and then he asks for a scant half cup of mayo to finish it off and Ina hands him the, the, <laughs> this uh, I think it's like a rubber spatula and again she says doctor she's like this is fun I like being the nurse is what she said <laughs> She just loves that bit. Maybe Ina secretly wanted to be a nurse. Who knows? I feel like this is something she says quite often. Anytime she has someone in the kitchen, it's her go-to bit. But, uh, you know, we love it. So they plate the artichokes flower side up, and then they try one, of course, to make sure that they taste okay, and Ina loves it. It does have a good crunch, I will say. It sounds and looks uh, delish. 
So next, let's go outside to grill with Eli. They are, or Eli tells us they're cooking up some ribeyes. They have two, like, pretty substantial steaks. Um, and he takes, a pre as he would put it, a serious amount of salt. Quite a schmear is what he says. And just, like, kind of rubs it into the steak on both sides. And Ina says, <laughs> Eli and I both agree that salt is necessary. And then they just kind of chuckle about that. Um, but I do agree. I feel like, I mean, I've only seen Ina Garden twice live, but both times, um, she's really confessed to the audience the importance of salt and how she never really skimps on it. Uh, because it's, it's like responsible for flavor. Like it, it truly is the, like it can be used for good. Obviously, if you are on a diet that you shouldn't eat salt, then maybe, you know, cut it in half or just like leave it out completely. But, um, Back to these steaks. Seven, seven and a half minutes each side. Um, then they grill up some eggplant. Oh, this is just delicious. And then they use the oil left over from the artichokes to sort of, uh, I must have baste. What am I trying to say? Just like, you know, brush onto the eggplant. And then he slaps them on the grill. Um, Eli says that it's to not salt your eggplant because it makes it, and then Ina completed the sentence, it makes them weep. At least that's what the closed captioning says. I, I've never heard of a weeping uh, eggplant, but I, I'm imagining it has something probably to do with the flavor or because I know sometimes I know for um, eggplant, it might be good to put on the salt beforehand because it draws all the water out of it. So maybe that's not good while you're grilling. Who knows? But if anyone knows what a weeping eggplant is, let me know. Um, so everything is done. He sprinkles the drizzle from earlier um, on the eggplant and tops it off with those little crispy garlic bits that he made earlier. Oh, it looks so good. I think eggplant, mm, it's so good. Like I, much like maybe like occasionally like a Reuben, if I see like a Reuben on the menu or those, those lemon blueberry ricotta pancakes or like an eggplant parm, I love there's one in Pittsburgh, too, that um, it's like a local, it's actually an empanada place. It's called Mi Empanada, which is very close to my house. And they sell a pretty great uh, eggplant parm sandwich. Oh, it's divine. I love eggplant parm and eggplant parm sandwiches. I think that that's just like the pinnacle of what it should be used for. But I, in general, too, I really like eggplant. I love baba ganoush. Uh, you know, with Kian being uh, Lebanese, that's we actually don't make it as much as we should. Um, but when we do make it, it's amazing. It's really, really easy to make. You just like basically roast an eggplant until it looks like a deflated football <laughs> in the oven. And then you just peel out like the guts. It's kind of gross. But then you just add like tahini, I think lemon juice, maybe garlic in that in the food processor. And it's so good. I love baba ganoush. Um... So anyway, going back to the grill, um, Eli grills up some of his bread, of course, his famous bread, and he uses the leftover garlic from the oil that was um, that we used then with the artichokes to sort of rub on the bread um, after it's done toasting. So yes to all of this. It's really a great meal, honestly. Like everything looks like a slam dunk. The steak looks amazing. It's... Uh, you know, someone makes the joke like, I'll take a rare piece, but all of it's rare. So that's, you know, funny. Um, 
And Ina comments, she's like, now this is my idea of heaven. Gorgeous night, great friends. And uh, she says, can we do this again? But I think we'll have to find something different for Eli to grill. And Eli says, how about steak, Ina? And then everyone laughs and fade to black. I don't know where Jeffrey was. I was just thinking about that right now. I guessed, I guessed, I guess he was, uh, you know, this should have been, it could have been like a weekday and he wasn't home for the weekend. So uh, he missed out. But Jeffrey's loss is our gain because this was a lovely episode. Um, and I don't think I've ever cooked. I should do this with some friends. Uh, I feel like it would be fun. I don't know if I could do like two meals in a day, but I think if someone, if I, I feel like it's a great summer opportunity, especially when the weather is, uh, you know, warm that I could probably call a couple friends and each of us could make a course. It'd be fun to even add like a cocktail to it. Like someone does the cocktail, hors d'oeuvres, um, and maybe like appetizer, even though that's kind of under the same umbrella, like hors d'oeuvres and appetizers. Um, could sort of make it separate. And then the main course and then dessert. Oof, that sounds really yummy. Um, well, that's the end of the episode. So thank you again, everyone, for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find it on Instagram and Twitter at GoodVanillaPod. And you can also send me an email at GoodVanillaPod at gmail.com. Also, I have made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to search. If you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kachanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.